You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, it is a beautiful space right now. And the fact that we are, are getting down towards the end of season one, uh, the last week here. And I will just tell you this episode, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed in the NFT space since I, you know, we started this podcast, since we got on this journey together. One of the things that I never thought we would see the day on is that when we started, start to erode or lose some of the core components of what we talk about the power of NFTs and why NFTs matter. And, and I will just tell you, for me, I've said this since the, the very beginning, that one of the things that I've always said was really powerful for uh, NFTs was that we have a transparent ledger that allows us to uh, you know, have authenticated and transparent and validated transfers of value. And the beauty of it, and I've used this example a bajillion times, yes, bajillion being an exact phrase, um, and that is that the idea that, you know, the starving, we could remove the starving from the starving artist. But I'm afraid we are entering very dangerous territory right now, is that the, we have a problem. We as a, as a space have a problem. And the first part of this problem is that we know for a fact that not all all projects or you know uh, these you know the way that we're actually rolling out not all NFTs are created equal right we have one of our one of ones we have PFPs we have ones that provide access we have ones you know there's lots of talks about um, you know the idea of different ways that we could even you know relabel NFTs but one thing that I've always loved or believed in was this idea of the you know creator royalties or residual payments for the lifetime of a project. And I, and I use this example, I, I think it was almost a year ago, right? Like, let's just say, I bet you 300, and, let's just say 350 days, 380 days ago, I believe I did a whole podcast episode on the idea that, you know, the artist that sells their collection today for, let's just say they sell their collection today for $100, right? They're getting $100 for the payment of that. And then let's say someone sells it tomorrow for $150 and there are creator royalties on there of 10%. That original artist gets, you know, automatically will get $15 of that 150 will go to them as that creator royalties. But what if a couple of years from now that that piece of art has now been passed around and now someone values it at $100,000. Well, we know what would have happened in the old days. The artist would have got nothing. Diddly squat. Even though the value of the the art that they created is now worth a hundred thousand dollars, it's almost like, hey, so you know, so sorry for you. There's nothing in it for you. 
but a 10% royalty on that $100,000, you know, if I'm, you know, doing, you know, my math there, right, is is a $10,000, right? And they would have a, they would get $10,000 of that $100,000 piece that is sold. And I, I've always looked at that as like, well, of course they should get that, right? And there's been arguments, you know, we've had the Frank D. Gods and we've had some that talked about like removing creator fees and, you know, and, and I will say part of the problem is that creator royalties or secondary sales cannot be the only or primary business value or business case for an NFT project. But we shall not and we should not go towards a territory where we start to believe that that is no longer something that we even value. Now, one of the problems with this, and this is something we have to own as a, um, as a you know, blockchain-empowered community, there's two different ways of looking at this. There are things that we can operate, we can control, we can prevent or enable on the blockchain at the protocol level. And then there are some things that we've implemented, we've we've leveraged or used at the let's just say the marketplace level or the 2.5 level, the non-decentralized level of of the blockchain. And what I mean by that for an example, right? If 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 an NFT is stolen out of your wallet on the blockchain, there is nothing anyone can do, right? Because there is nothing in the blockchain, it is immutable. Right? If I take something from one wallet and move it into the other, unless I own the new wallet and I initiate it, no one in the face of the earth, I don't care how much money you have, can get back that NFT from that wallet. But you're saying, Brian, wait a second. Can't we actually flag NFTs that are stolen and then they can no longer be bought or sold on OpenSea? Well, that's the example of the latter. The idea that OpenSea from a marketplace level, right? So if we're looking at the layers of a, of a tech stack, right? This isn't at the decentralized level. They're saying we are not honoring NFTs that have been flagged in our marketplace. Now, they have not fixed that. OpenSea has, has, a, has a massive problem on how that is regulated because we've seen it happen before. People are using it for bad and evil. But I will also tell you, there is an element of creator royalties that we know that we have a problem. And here's the problem, my friends. Right now, at this exact instant, there's no foolproof way to actually enable creator royalties at the contract level, except for a few exceptions. And one of them happens to be what OpenSea did in collaboration with Manifold. Now, most of you have heard about Manifold. I've talked about that on the podcast. I've used them to mint NFTs before, manifold.xyz. And what Manifold worked with, the amazing people over there at uh, OpenSea, they actually worked through what it was going to look like or what it would mean like to actually collaborate and build out a way for you know them to actually honor uh, creator royalties within the con- you know contract right and and it was actually creator fee enforcement now here's here's the truth this is really something that can only be done at the marketplace level today we do not have protocol or direct contracts that have it but OpenSea did figure out that anyone that uses the the manifold uh, you know smart contract and mints through manifold that they can actually put in there creator fees enforcement that are enforced on OpenSea no matter what. 
So what sparked all of this conversation? What created this uh, this 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 hubbub in the uh, in the NFT space? Well, the truth is, what created this entire um, you know uh, caveat, this entire world that we are living in, is that OpenSea has been feeling the pressure, and the pressure has come from the flippers, because you're asking yourself, well, Brian, who wouldn't want creator fees? I mean, wouldn't we all want creators, those that are the initiators, wouldn't we all want them to get a percentage of what they created, even on secondary and third sales? Now, the argument on one side says, well, Brian, if you sell me, if if I buy a Ford, uh, you know, Ford pickup truck, Ford gets that initial money, Ford doesn't get anything on the secondary or third sales. Uh, yes. And that's part of the problem of why we have too many cars and we keep building more cars rather than innovating and building and building cars that last longer. What is in, what is influencing or inspiring Ford to make a car that is, is really worthwhile and lasts a long time when they don't really give a crap that the car's value depreciates when it comes off the lot. A lot of the argument is a web two argument. The other argument are the flippers because they say, I don't want 10%, 5%, 7% to go to the creator when we're buying and selling and flipping. It's taking away on my margin. And I am not one that flip shames. I am, I am, I openly flip. I flipped a pretty damn good NFT just in the last 24 hours. But here's the thing. I've believed since day one that that flip margin includes the creator fee. And in some cases, the marketplace fee. Because let's also be very clear, OpenSea right now at the moment takes 2.5% of every transaction that happens on OpenSea. So what OpenSea did is they put out this blog post about creator fees. Now, some people can look at this and say, wow, they're really smart because what they came out and said is that they said as of November 8th, moving forward, anyone that creates a new collection on OpenSea will be will be will enforce creator fees on those collections. So as of November 8th, just in a couple of days, actually tomorrow, that means that any new collection will will have creator fees enforced on OpenSea. But here's the problem with that message. They're not addressing what about all of the legacy collections? Now, some collections, some of you are familiar with, you know, let's just say CryptoPunks. Uh, I believe CryptoPunks removed their creator fee uh, percentage forever ago, right? And that, that's also why they've had, you know, a certain level of volume. But what this does is it is enforcing something new on the new collections without giving us an understanding of how they're going to enforce this on the old collections. Now, in the in their actual tweet, and, and the tweet was posted on November 5th for those that are interested, they, they actually say, given our role in the ecosystem, we want to take a thoughtful, principled approach to this topic to lead with solutions. The problem with this is they're almost saying they're going to give in, they're giving in right now to the pressure from the flippers and those that want to remove creator fees. And I do not I do not stand with Frank from D Gods on his stance on this is that he believes that you should just remove all creator fees until we figure out a better solution to have it baked into contracts. And I think that is that is complete bogus. But here's the problem with what OpenSea is initiating right now and how this is going to work. And 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 it sets a, it sets a pretty bad um, you know I believe it sets a pretty bad uh, principle. And one of the things you have to remember in early adoption culture. What might seem like a small step forward without addressing a bigger problem 
might end up becoming the standard that our culture is built on moving forward that we can no longer one day get back from. Think about it. When we when we used to sign on Facebook and say, hey, we're going to play this game on Facebook, and it says, hey, we're going to share your results out publicly. What did we all say? Sure, we don't care. Well, then all of a sudden they did a pop-up and they said, hey, Facebook wants to give you better games. We're okay with, uh, would, are you okay with Facebook storing your data on Facebook? And of course we're like, sure, we don't care. What's, what, what Facebook's going to tell me, how many crops I've planted on, uh, in a game or how many you know, whack-a-moles that I played and whatever it happened. But that slippery slope led to a very dangerous world where Facebook started to realize they had data that was worth a crap ton of money. And we know... In all spaces, Web3 is no different, that money often leads to decisions that might not be better for the user, might not be better for the creator, but it might be better for those that control the money. And if all of a sudden OpenSea realizes, wait a second, we can start to lean in and we can start, well, hey, we, we just implemented on new collections. Let's just let the old collections go. And then, then they could actually go and say, you know what? We're going to even go a step further. Anyone who's launched an old collection, they don't have to have those creator fees. This slippery slope is extremely dangerous in this space. The other problem with this is that you can't have it both ways as marketplaces in this space. You can't say, I'm going to let the creators decide and then also implement your own because you're not letting the creators decide if you get 2.5%. I would love for OpenSea to come to us and say, with 2.5% of marketplace royalties, these are, this is the innovation we are going to have make happen. If you uh, vote to have it changed to a half a percent, these are the things we will not be able to happen or it will push the timeline back. But no, 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 no. OpenSea did not do that. They did not approach that in this way. They simply said, hey, we might not have to honor past creator fees, but in no, because we want the creators to vote, we want the, the space to tell us this. And so this is that world that we are living in right now where we are half in decentralized and half out. And I believe the future will continue to be half decentralized and half centralized. The problem that we have to look at this is that we collectively, as a creator, you know, like we need, we really do need a collective. We need, we need a creator, you know, industry, uh, people that we can vote into power that can be on a board that can set some principles and rules. And I will tell you, I for one will not be buying on the secondary from any collections that are not that are are kind of forcing the idea of ruining that idea. Like I don't buy on X two Y two for a reason because I don't believe they're marketplace is what's best for this space. The last thing I just want to throw out there, and I, I, I'm actually a big OpenSea fan, just to be on the record. Uh, I believe OpenSea, you know, much like Apple, it's hard to be the biggest and the baddest in your space and the one that's operating in a space that no one has ever operated before. No one has ever had this much volume, this much traffic, been this much, had this much power in a decentralized world before. So it's easy for us to take shots at OpenSea and say, we're never going to use the platform or we're going to switch to another platform. But for all of you that are listening to this, if you believe in mass adoption, if you believe in growth and, and in innovation in this space, eliminating the core principles, which I believe creator fees are one of those core principles of NFTs, we not only are going to a slippery slope, but we are going to make it into a world where it's going to be all decentralized or all centralized. And I don't believe that's a world that survives very long. The last thing I'll say as we wrap up on this episode is that it is time for us to vote and for us to make our voices known.
for there there are collections out there right now that are are and there's marketplaces that are enabling people to get around honoring those creator fees that are that are included. And I believe when you are supporting or using them, you're part of the problem. Now, I think OpenSea has the has a really great uh, you know vision for this, right? I think the problem with OpenSea is that they are really scared at this moment because let's face it, those of us that are left in this space, like right now, there's only a few of us. And they're afraid to piss off 50% of them. But the problem with that is mass adoption or growth adoption will come. And those 50% that are flippers right now will soon be the 10%. And the question you have to ask, they have to ask themselves, are they going to give in to the current 50% so that those current 50% continue to, to be the ones that are driving decisions in this space? Or... Are they going to have to face the brunt and say, you know what? We are going to fully honor, implement creator fees for all collections moving backwards and forward starting on December 8th. And if you are a collection that does not okay with that, build your own damn marketplace. There are tons of tools that enable you to do that. And if you are in one of those cases, go for it. The last thing I'll say is if you are a founder, this is also a great example of don't bet the farm or create a business model on something that is not implement or controlled on the smart contract. If, if something can be edited, if something can be modified or something is not fully you know, uh, implementable because of what it says in black and white, be very careful in using that as one of the principles of your actual business growth. It's why real estate has always been a problem for people. There are people that kept taking loans on off against their house because they believed it was going to keep going up and up and up. And when it goes down and down and down, all of a sudden they're underwater. And, and we've seen that here in the NFT space. I believe this is a critical juncture of our space as a whole. But I also believe this is also a great spot for all those builders and innovators out there. Let's find protocols. Let's find things that we can implement at the smart contract at the blockchain level level that can actually change the game. Let's not live in a world where the marketplaces or those two and a half, those in Web 2.5 are regulating or controlling what we believe is important in Web 3. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. We do have a, a tweet that we will put in the show notes um, from Zealous, our friends at Zealous. This Friday, we are going to, all you have to do is retweet the tweet and 30 people, 30, yes, 3-0, 30 people are going to win one of those Zealous NFTs that is the creator pass for that Zealous tool that we use to uh, you know, transcribe and to really take our, our social audio, our podcast uh, to the next level. So make sure they check that out. And I, I would just, you know, this is our, 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 our closing week for the end of season one. Uh, and if you've ever wanted to share the podcast out, you've ever wanted to help us out, we're going to post some things in our Discord. Uh, we'll share some some things in the, last, in the next couple episodes as well that um, you can actually do to help us out. We would love for you to amplify our Mint 365 collection, amplify the podcast, and more so than anything else, hey, let's celebrate on November 11th because if you're right now listening to this podcast, it could be your first episode. It could be your 361st episode. Holy crap, that's a lot of episodes. I don't care where you're at in this episode journey. I want to thank you for taking the time for listening to us. And let's celebrate that together we're going to create a better place. And I believe that better place includes creator fees. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial advice.
your own 